outlet for Kellen Moore to get better. Who knows? Just trying to find something here. But there's a there's an obvious connection. And I thought it could have been a really good positive connection until I heard that Adam Henry just said, nah, I'm good. I don't want to come back to Dallas. So <laughs> we need to find a new wide receiver coach. And they picked this guy here. Uh, Robert Prince, new wide receiver coach in Dallas with connections to Kellen Moore. We will see if that means anything. Uh, D-Block88 says, hey, Sky, do you trust it? I trust it as far as I can see it. I don't have a reason to distrust it. I think I think that is a positive connection with Kellen. Uh, I just don't know what role he'll have in game planning and, and route concepts and scheme, things like that. Because I don't know if Adam Henry had any role like that. Uh, Cash has feels like a long time. Will says, oh, that's perfect. We wanted a Lions assistant who was also Kellen Moore's friend. That sounds about right. I get it. I, listen, I, I totally understand Will Bernie. I get it. Here in Dallas, we have a bad taste in our mouths of coaches that hire friends. or hi- I don't even want to use the term friends. He's 56. Kellen's 30-something. They're probably not friends. But former associates and things like that. There's definitely a bad taste in, in the Cowboys Nation's mouths with that. But that is kind of standard around the league. You're, you're going to bring guys you're familiar with. I mean, look at Dan Quinn. We're not... We're not getting on Dan about it because it worked. Aiden Dirty. Right? Joe Witt Jr. No no one's complaining about him bringing his guys over because it helped win. So I totally get it. Bad taste from 2020 with Mike Nolan and and the um, uh, defensive line coach. Friends with Mike McCarthy. Didn't work out. We'll see about this one. I trust it as far as I can see it. If he can help. Kellen Moore with this offense, I'm cool with it, Cowboys Nation. I'm cool with it. If not, then, you know, we can move on after a year or two. But I still think I would love to get a Mike Munchak type of guy in here that can help Kellen develop and learn and really, like I said, develop a, a run a run game system. They don't have that. Kellen Moore doesn't have that in his repertoire right now. Again, we talked about this yesterday. Young guy. Very, very young guy. I think he'll get better. He's still early in his career as an offensive coordinator, but it doesn't hurt to bring in people that can help you and, 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 and aid you uh, and make you a more complete offensive game planner and offensive game caller. Maybe that is this guy, Robert Prince. I have a hard time believing he'll do anything for you in the ground game department. Maybe he'll sneak in a couple, some advice. I mean, he, he did call the offense in Boise with, where Jay Ajayi had like 1,500 yards, 20 touchdowns, or something of that nature. So um, maybe, maybe. I'm not going to sit here and, and and proclaim that Robert Prince is going to be the savior. I'm not saying any of that. Just trying to connect the dots here. Just connecting the dots. Uh, Los, we got Los on the horn, man. You, you, got, you got some thoughts on this higher, Los? Hey, what up, Sky? I just want to call in more uh, early morning. Long time no talk. Appreciate you, brother. But, hey, what up? Well, what I tell you about these Boise State people, man. They love oh, Boise I, State. I they love Boise State. I don't know why, but they just love Boise State. I don't. I, I don't know. I think that Jones have a little bit too much of what they drink over there. But uh, I well, mean, what I think to be about, fair, it's been a long time since he's been at Boise. Ten years. Yeah, but what I think about it is, um, Stevie Mac did make a good point that he has coached up Golden Tate, uh, Galladay, and these boys from Detroit. And, you know, maybe, just maybe, 
another commenter said that maybe we can maybe put these wide receivers in place because so much of the wide receivers weren't helped just by, like, for example, I don't know if you remember that play, but when two wide receivers were right at the same, like, area just to catch a ball, that's an issue, you know. And I don't know if that came to coaching or if that came to the scheme, but, you know, that's hopefully that will get it. probably schematic. So, like I said, Sky, I mean, I don't think much of it until time is proven otherwise. I just hope that Cowboys just keep taking steps forward as a team and as an organization just to try and, you know, improve. Because yeah. what we what we, what we fail to continue is just a consistency of excellence, and that's what we need to find in ourselves and in this coaching. Because, yes, we can start hot in the season, but it's what matters what you do at the end. Like, for example, the Bengals. Like, no one knew what they were going to do until, you know, like, right when it matters. And you got to give credit to that coaching staff and everything. And you had a point, um, Sky, most of these coachings that were in the Final Four, they came from a McVay tree. So, hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know. We yeah, the, gotta the, Shanahan, the, the Shanahan tree is starting to expand pretty big right now. We're talking about Kyle, McVay, uh, Mike Daniels, Zach Taylor. In, in the floor and all five of those teams aside from Miami they all play you know in the second round of the playoffs championship game or Super Bowl in the last three years so I mean I know we I know the the NFL and fans made fun of hey you know if you're around McVay he he ha ha you'll get hired well Zach Taylor's in the Super Bowl so exactly and my last point is this if we do keep this wide receiver coach or you know not not, not keep but like if we if he does work out the I primarily think he better have Cooper to work with because if we get rid of Cooper, man, I always have some tough sledding, and that's just my thoughts on it. Jeez, guy. All right, brother, appreciate you. Yeah, well, it you know it looks like he may not have Cooper, but we'll see. Obviously, we'll follow it here. Here's some more nuggets from the Houston Texas website, Texans uh, website. Uh, obviously, like I said, I, I kind of glossed over it but he was with Detroit for seven seasons 2014 to 2020 where they had Kenny Galladay Marvin Jones Jr. Danny Amendola uh, Golden Tate he did coach them for one game as a head coach because of the COVID-19 stuff last year they got whooped though uh, coached the Seahawks in 2009 2007 2008 he coached Jacksonville Jaguars as their assistant wide receiver coach uh, Prince was an offense assistant in 04 to 06 with Atlanta in 17 seasons in the NCAA, so not just Boise State, 17 seasons from Boise, Colorado, Portland State, and four other colleges. So he has a ton of experience and then kind of a cool nugget here. He was an offensive coordinator for the Recruit Seagulls in the Japanese X League in 1996 and 1997. I didn't even know that existed, so I don't even know what the Japanese uh, X League is, but I believe he, he has some Japanese descent to him. So um, that that makes sense then. So that is our new wide receiver coach. Hopefully he can help the Cowboys. Usually you don't really hear about these guys unless something comes up. I remember when uh, Derek Dooley, I think there was an incident between him and some of the wide receivers. I think Dez was still here at that time. If you hear about the assistants, the assistant assistants, there's a problem. In regard, and, and Derek Dooley, that was one of the years. They just weren't connected. I think Dooley ended up being the head coach in Tennessee or something like that, and he now he's everywhere. Um, usually these guys are in the tuck. We didn't hear about Adam Henry uh, for most of the year. 
Adam decided to move on. They hired this guy. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. All right, let's take a quick little, uh, I don't want to call it a break, just to kind of reset. We'll come back and we'll get into the meat potato, which is, did LVE do enough to come back to the Dallas Cowboys? You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the millions of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. Anybody ever see that? I forget the cat's name. F it. We'll do it live. Hilarious. I forget his name. Terrible dude, by the way. All right, let's get into this free agent list. Really not a free agent list. We're just going to go down some of the important players on the Cowboys roster over the last few years that contracts have expired or over the last year that contracts have expired and see should they return. LVE is part of that class in 2018 that has zero extensions right now. We I've showed you guys the list a bunch of different times. Let's take a look at LVE's timeline, though, since he's been here. He was drafted in 2018 as a first-round pick. Was an all-pro right off the bat. Looked great. Looked like he had a bright future. A Sean Lee replacement. Then it all went downhill. His injuries, which were a concern coming into the NFL, popped back up, right? Uh, The next situation, along with a couple other things. He missed 13 games between 2019 and 2020. And even in the games he played, I said this coming into the year, the injuries limited LVE. I think they played a big factor in his play dropping off. So, therefore, the Cowboys did not pick up his fifth-year option. So, he came into this season with a lot to prove. Well, of course, just like everybody else on this list, aside from maybe a Connor Williams, the 2018 draft class said, okay, you want me to prove it? I'm going to play the most games. I'm going to have a career years, et cetera, et cetera. Well, LVE decided to play his most snaps since his rookie season, which coincided, before you kill me here, with his best year since then. Now, that's not saying a whole lot, right? Like his... (laughs) The two years before 2021 weren't that great. And it wasn't like 2021 was this amazing year for LVE. It was his best year since his rookie season, though. Um, To me, LVE's main issue was stacking together good games. How many times did we talk about that on this show, right? His inconsistencies were real. They were absolutely real. He'd have a good game or two, and then he followed up with three mediocre to below average games. Um, He hardly stood out. Didn't really make his presence felt much. But the good games that he did have, you're like, okay, LVE, I see you. Just wasn't enough for me. So aside from him not really being a scheme fit, I don't know that he did enough to say, yo, he bring him back as a starter. However, when you go look at the landscape of the linebacker room in free agency, it's not so great. 
it's not so great. So that could lead the Cowboys to show some interest in bringing him back. And I'm sure they'll probably offer him some cheap contract. You know, Dallas. Dallas will offer all their guys. They're, if you are our, you are baby, we drafted you, we groomed you, we will offer you a contract. But here's my hesitation. And I'm going to play a devil's advocate on my hesitation. It's Dan Quinn. It's Dan Quinn. We we know Dan Quinn as a type. And we'll get to that. And LVE doesn't fit that type. But if I play devil's advocate to that, I can say, well, if they want to bring him back, Dan Quinn can say, better the devil you know than the devil you don't. However, I'd go with the former. Because I feel like you can replace LVE in a multitude of different ways, be it the draft or free agency. Now, LVE, while he may not price himself out, all it takes is one team. And he ended up making maybe the play of the year for him in that playoff game, right? Remember the third and four or third and five, and he tackled Debo for one yard, uh, one yard short of the first down. They punt the ball, Cowboys get it back with a chance to go get the dub. They didn't do it, but LVE made that stop. And that's something that, you know, will carry on throughout the offseason when he decides to go get a contract. So maybe it'll maybe one team will look at him and say, hey, man, a, a New England Patriots or something, and they'll pay him above market value, and he'll be out of Dallas. And honestly, you should kind of be wanting that to happen so you can get that comp pick. I, I don't know that LVE is, is, is so worthy of bringing back as a starter to lose, A, a comp pick, and B, be a, a stopgap with a guy like Jabril Cox that you drafted last year. I don't I don't know that I want him to thwart Jabril Cox's progress as a linebacker in the NFL. So I would kind of move forward with LVE myself, meaning move on from LVE. But let's take a look at um, some potential LVE replacements in free agents. There's not there's not a lot. The linebacker room is very scarce, Cowboys Nation. Very, very scarce uh, in regards to free agency. And here's the thing that Cowboys Nation has to do when we go look at free agents, right? We understand Dallas is not going to participate in the top tier, hardly the mid-tier free agent market. So you have to operate on two sides. You have to operate as Catboy, which we have here, right? Look over here. Catboy free agent linebackers. And then you can operate as a fan. Who is it that you think would be a good hire here or a good free agent addition here? Yeah, it may cost you a little bit more, but they fit. They fit the criteria, be it coaching and play. Let's start with Catboys free agents first. Start with Catboy. Because your Cowboys are going to sign free agent linebackers. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of what kind. So, Jermaine Carter. I'm only listing this guy because he fits the criteria. He fits Quinn's criteria and he fits Catboy's criteria. And that is a, he's six foot one, I believe about 225 pounds on the sub 30, the right side of 30 years old, but he wasn't that good last year. Uh, He had like a whopping 15 or 20 missed tackles, depending on where you look at Uh, his missed tackle percentage was in the 15 to 18% which is really not good at all. Uh, but again, a guy who is going to be on the cheap, probably get him for a one-year deal. Not a lot of money. He's that athletic 
uh, faster type of linebacker that Dan Quinn likes. And if you don't know the, the type that, then I'll, I'll illustrate it for you. Between about six foot six one to six three, right? Six one to six three, and he likes sub two thirty five, two thirty linebackers. If you're going to go above that, you kind of got to be a freak. You got to be Micah Parsons, right? Um, you got to be an athletic, athletically gifted out this world. Maybe Jabril Cox is six three, two thirty four, so he fits under that mold that I'm talking about. But Jabril Cox is even a bigger type of backer than um, Dan Quinn usually drafts. But he fits under that mode. He can cover, and he's athletic, so he still fits under the the check mark. He checks all the boxes. Jermaine Carter checks the boxes, but this is more of a cat boy look to me. I don't think he's that he was that good last year. Uh, it was his first year uh, getting a start, according to the Panther people, due to him being behind Luke Keekley, et cetera, et cetera. And I think they lost somebody else last year too. I can't remember who it was, but um. Don't be surprised if a Jermaine Carter type gets signed by the Cowboys. The other one, the other two actually are actually pretty solid players. Uh, Neville Hewitt. Neville Hewitt is a bit of a journeyman. Won't cost you a lot. Shouldn't cost you a lot. He only played on a $1.7 million contract in 2021 with the Texans. By the way, the Texans just pretty much. The Texans players, it's hard to look at what players did last year in Houston and, and judge them negatively or positively because it was Houston. It was a mess over there. But nonetheless, he played in Miami, played in New York. He was actually better in New York and went to Houston, was behind Christian Kirksey, and I uh, forget the other cat. Started some, dealt with some injuries, dealt with getting lost in the sauce down there in Houston. But he's got those traits, 6'2", 235, or 234. He plays aggressive, and he has an attitude. I'd like to see a little bit more of an attitude at the position, at the linebacker position myself. Uh, I don't think that Keanu Neal project worked out. Uh, maybe we'll touch on him another day, but I feel like he's going to be gone. And LVE is LVE. All you really have, in my opinion, was Micah Parsons. So maybe another Hewitt can come in, be that uh, veteran presence. If you need him to start, he can start. Um, personally, I know me, I'm a big Jabril Cox fan. I would love for Jabril Cox for him to be that guy, but I also understand you got to have depth, especially at a line, but at a position where it's nothing but car crashes every single play. Um, so you're going to need at least five of them. And right now you legitimately have two, right? Micah Parsons and Jabril Cox. I mean, we could talk about Luke Kennard or Luke Kennard, uh, Luke Gifford and, and uh, the other cat from Utah. But I mean, let's be real, man. Luke Gifford has been on the team four years he is what he is at this point. The staff doesn't see him beyond that. And Francis Bernard, uh, special teams guy. So you're going to sign a veteran, likely. It's just a matter of what kind of veteran. So far, there's Jermaine Carter, Neville Hewitt. Neville Hewitt would be number two or three, really, on the list that I'm looking at right now of realistic free agents. Remember, we're talking realistic free agents. Uh, Will says, have we really seen Francis? We haven't really seen Francis. We haven't really seen Gifford. Uh, but at this point, if if they were going to get on the field, y'all, this would have been the year. And that's why I was frustrating about, uh, in my opinion, Luke Gifford. I like Gifford better than Francis Bernard. I never really was high on him coming out anyway. Uh, but Luke Gifford, I thought he had some potential to at least do something and just could never get on the field. He couldn't beat out LVE, so frustrating um i'm not saying you get rid of luke you can keep luke for special teams in depth but 
if you go into next year, Micah Parsons, Jabril Cox, Luke Gifford, Francis Bernard, you in trouble. Even if you draft a young guy, that, that's that's not, in my opinion, a quality linebacking group. I need to bring in guys that I've no been here and have done it, and that can help me out um, in a pinch. Can start if I need them to, um, and can be playmakers if I need them to. So I would definitely still be looking at free agent market, even if it's Catboy free agents. You gotta go. You have to sign somebody. You have to. The third guy, which honestly, if if you can get him for a contract like he played on last year, I think you get a steal. I've been a huge fan of Quan Alexander. Problem with Quan Alexander is he just gets hurt a lot. But that's right up Dallas Cowboys alley. That that's right up the Dallas Cowboys alley. They like to get guys on the right side of thirty that has a talent that's been injured um, that they can get in here on a one year deal. I would sign him to two, but on a one year cheap deal and see if they can get some value out of it. Quan Alexander could be that guy. Uh, he played on a $1.1 million contract last year with the New Orleans Saints. The problem is, like I said, he's often injured. He hasn't played 16 games since 2016. But he but he has that talent, man. He still oozes that talent that, that made him a prominent NFL linebacker early in his career, and I think he got a contract extension at one point. He just kept getting hurt. That was a problem. Here's his numbers, though, in New Orleans. Uh, he played 535 snaps, had three and a half sacks, seven tackles for loss, and seven quarterback hits. That might not sound like a lot, but to put that in perspective, Leighton Van Der Esch played 661 snaps, had four tackles for loss, one quarterback hit, one sack, and he doubled up Quan Alexander in regards to blitz rate, how much he was blitz. He blitzed twice as much as Quan Alexander had less sacks and less quarterback hits and less pressures. Quan can play. Not a perfect linebacker, but he can play. And if you put me in a room with Micah Parsons, Quan Alexander, yeah, I, I love Nicobe Dean. I haven't talked about linebackers yet or Devin Lloyd or one of these young bucks early in the draft. And Jabril, Quan, Jabril, Micah, and one of them young bucks, let's work. Let's work. I'll be with it. I like Quan Alexander. I, I, I It's just that, did he make enough plays last year to outprice himself in Dallas? We know the cap threshold. I think it was Stevie Mack. We were kind of joking about it, right? It's like three and a half million, five tops is where he'd go. Um, and, and then the next person I'm going to bring up here, I'm going to try to utilize the Keanu Neal situation. But I feel like I go to Quan and say, hey, man, if you don't want to sign a multi-year extension, mind you, he's only 26 still. He's still a young cat, I believe. I think he's 26, 27. So he's still fairly young. Um, if he wants to bet on himself, what better place to come bet on yourself than Dallas? You're going to play on a ton of primetime games, and your your price is going to increase just because you're in Dallas. So I would holler at him. Antoine says, LV takes a pay cut. Do you keep him? Well, there's nothing to take a pay cut for, Antoine. He's a free agent. He's a free agent. So unless you're saying uh, on a cheap deal, on a vet minimum type of deal, sure. But I'd rather give that vet minimum or cheap deal to Quan Alexander. I'd rather give it to Quan. Uh, David C. says, KJ Wright. 
I hear you. I was looking at KJ Wright last year. I thought he would have been phenomenal to be in here next to Micah Parsons in his rookie year. They obviously and, and KJ doesn't fit the the bill at all. The only thing that KJ has is that he played under Dan Quinn for a couple years. So there's familiarity there. But he's six four. He's like close to two sixty. He's a bigger dude. He's like thirty three now. I, I can't really see KJ Wright. They didn't do it last year. I, I don't know if they're going to do it this year as he's a year older, things like that. So I like KJ Wright as a player. Um, I, I I would love to have him on my team. I just don't know if Dallas would do it. I don't know if he would do it. <laughs> Tom talking about the cat bowl. Will said we got some splashes out of Gifford. Yeah, man, I, I'm a Luke Gifford guy. I'm a big Luke Gifford guy. I At the very least, give him a shot. Over the last two years, you had no reason not to. And I think it could come back and bite them in the butt. Not not bite them in the butt, but if Luke could have showed something in 2020, maybe you don't, you know, you're not worried about your linebacking room as much. I don't know. As much as you are right now, but it is an absolute need. Micah Parsons, this is why I don't want Micah to go down to defense end. You move Micah down there, you are super light at the linebacker spot. Go get me a Quan. Get the Quan. Now, here's a guy. Just sounded like Chris Collinsworth. Here's a guy. No, seriously, though. Here's a guy where, all right, I list the Catboy free agents, Cowboys Nation. Here's Catboys. Now, here's Skywalker's fan free agent. And it's one, Foyer Aluakon. Don't kill me. Don't don't kill me just yet on Foyer Aluakon. I understand he is not going to be cheap, but let's just go in the background about Foyer, okay? 6'2", in that 215, 220 range. So he is, he perfectly fits Dan Quinn's checkbox. In fact, Dan Quinn drafted Foyer. He originally was drafted in 2018 in the sixth round, and he broke out in 2020. So he is literally a Dan Quinn guy. And this year, he put it all together, uh, together and led the league with tackles with 192 tackles now before you kill me and say oh tackles listen you don't you don't judge a linebacker on just tackles you don't but this isn't the Jalen Smith type of situation here this cat is a playmaker 11 tackles for loss last year 48 stops three interceptions of the linebackers with at least 100 tackles, Foyer Aluakon was third in the NFL in missed tackle percentage at five, behind only Bobby Wagner and Devondre Campbell, who is another Dan Quinn guy. Interesting. Aluakon, Wagner, Devondre Campbell, all coached by Dan Quinn at some point. <laughs> but, and Devondre Campbell, while well, I would love to have him, he's definitely, like, Aluakon's probably out of your price range, but Devondre's definitely out of your price range stevie would tell you we were beating the table to get a devondra campbell in here last year didn't happen made the all pro team he's going to get paid but a Kwan is a fast quick twitchy high iq playmaker he's a playmaker ladies and gentlemen over the last two seasons he has five sacks 10 pass breakups five forced fumbles and five interceptions I know, he won't be cheap. But Dan Quinn has some pull. Don't we? Don't we think Dan Quinn has a little 
little bit of pool. I, I'm not saying you just break the bank for a Luaquan. If it if it costs, you know, you bringing the Brinks truck out, all right, you listen, we out, right? But if Quinn can go to Stephen Jones and say, hey, Quinn, I'm sorry, hey, Stephen, you know, you let me you let me get some room with the Keanu Neal project, right? Stephen Jones went up a little bit on his price range. He paid he paid Keanu Neal five million dollars last year, which he doesn't normally do that. In fact, Keanu Neal costs more than all the safeties on the roster combined. I think so. So Stephen came up a little bit. Could Dan Quinn go to Stephen and say, "Hey, man, listen, this cat is the real deal. Super athletic, a playmaker. You pair him next to Micah." And then Jabril Cox in the room, you you got a ridiculously talented athletic room. You think you can come up a little bit, you know. You think you can open up the pockets just a little bit. Just bring this cat in here. I promise you, if it doesn't work out, you can put it on me. Maybe just maybe Quinn has that type of of pull, of that type of sway. Yeah, that's just me speaking as a fan right now. In reality, though, it's probably the Catboy free agent list that the Cowboys go down. But I'm telling y'all, this this linebacking room is very light in regards to free agents. But if I had to list two of the more realistic ones, that Quan would be the one. He'd be number one on top of realistic. And on, under my fan realism, it'd be Alua Quan. And the only reason why I list him there is because his ties with Dan Quinn and the possibility of just maybe getting him at a, a better price than backing up the Brinks truck. How we feeling? How we feeling about these names? Y'all can give me some more names too, and we can talk about them. Yeah, yeah, right, Stevie Mac. He said Devondre Campbell's spot rack value is sitting at six point two million dollars. What if he's willing to take a three-year, eighteen million dollar deal? If he's willing to take a three-year, eighteen million dollar deal, I'll come in there and sign it right now. Y'all know damn on well enough. He just made all pro. This is his first opportunity to become a high-priced free agent linebacker. Devontae Campbell ain't taking no, 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 no little cheap thing. Uh, Tom says, Sky, Steven even plays hardball with birthday gifts. He won't let DQ go above his range. He went above his range. He did. I know I'm using it. This is cheating, though. Keanu Neal's cheating. It wasn't. It was one year. It was $5 million. It wasn't like it was a $10 million a year contract over four years. But uh, he talked him into Keanu. He got he got Steven to say, listen, man, I, I got this safety. I want to move him to linebacker, and I want you to pay him more than you're comfortable with paying. Could he do it for, for a little con? Mel says, Quan sounds like a future cowboy. Man, if if there if I had to rank these guys, and I in fact, if I had to rank any free agent linebacker out on the market right now, Quan Alexander would be number one on so many on the Dan Quinn criteria on the Steven Jones criteria, and the talent criteria. He is this year's Malik Hooker. He's this year's Malik Hooker. Lots of talent, oft injured. When he did play, he showed you that talent. Likely going to come, I don't know if he's coming off an injury, but likely going to play on maybe another prove-it deal or a, or a, a, a small deal. And what better place to do it than Dallas? DP says he actually likes Carter. He moves well and plays aggressive. Yeah, take a look at Hewitt. I think you'll like Hewitt better. If you like aggression, you'll like Hewitt. 
Um, Quan would fit, but he would need we would need a a one tech to get something out of any of these guys. Injuries scare me. Well, that's the thing with Quan, right? That's the injuries. He he's your KZ. He is your hooker. He's he's your LVE. He's your Sean Lee. Injuries are are they are attached with Quan with Quan Alexander. But as for Carter, honestly, I, I'm I'm out on a Jermaine Carter. I list him though because he fits that criteria. Uh, I, I I did some brief. I didn't go all the way in like I would for a cowboy, but I did some brief studying. I, I did some brief researching going to the Panthers people. They weren't too fond of Jermaine. In fact, a lot of their fan base and 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 people that cover them are okay with him leaving. Um, and if you talk about needing a one tech in front, I mean Jermaine Carter had some some really good uh, front seven help, and he missed a lot of tackles. Average, I think his average tackle depth was around the four yard or beyond mark. So it wasn't like he was a big time playmaker. Neville and Quan actually made a lot of plays. Uh, Neville Hewitt, again, a journeyman. So he's been around the block. He, he was with the Miami Dolphins, the New York Jets. Um, he's a veteran. More productive in New York, I think, could be an asset here as a veteran guy. You're, you're losing. LVE may be who he is. But we saw on Hard Knocks, and we've saw sometimes uh, the sounds of the sideline. It's not conventional. It's not the way we probably would do it. But LVE was kind of a, a nice soundboard to uh, Micah Parsons. If you don't replace LVE's veteranship, per se, with another guy, who is that guy in the room? It ain't Gifford. It ain't Jabril Cox. It ain't Francis Bernard. Who is it, right? Like, veterans do matter at the end of the day for more reasons than just their on-field production. We got on LVE for, for telling Micah, hey, man, you can't make every play. But we saw early on in his, in his young, super young career, Micah had to kind of say, all right, let me calm down. Sometimes the play does have to develop and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, you got to get a veteran guy in there. Uh, Mike Wade says, Stephen Jones, bring you in on a one-year deal, outplays a contract. Now you're in the bidding war for his services going forward. Yeah, I mean, that is that is the way. That is the way of the land for the Dallas Cowboys. That's just how we do it, Mike. That's just how we do it. Uh, James said, Stephen messed up the cap extending Jalen Lyell instead of Dak. Don't you want to include Zeke in there? How much is the salary cap increase for this year? It's up to 208 a million dollars. Lyle's contract is not that bad, by the way. I I don't even usually include Lyle in regards to bad contracts, uh, because he is a right tackle. Well, he's a right tackle technically still, and I don't think his contract was all that that bad in my opinion. And he has that that flexibility to move inside. I think they screwed the pooch, jumping the gun on Jalen Smith, jumping the gun on uh, Ezekiel Elliott. You can argue. They could have reached some type of agreement with uh, Byron Jones, but you don't sign a linebacker and a running back and then franchise tag your defensive ends twice before you extend your quarterback. I mean, that that to me is showing me that he has no idea what the hell he's doing right now. No idea. Devondre Campbell uh, estimate. So Dave is coming back with the estimate two years to 6.5 million. Brother. That ain't happening. I would be shocked if Devondre Campbell signs a contract for $6.5 million 
after becoming an All-Pro. Shocked. Uh, Bash Walker still day two. What does that mean? Got to clarify that one, man. Uh, Mel says, if LVE got hurt like he usually does, he'd be back in Dallas in a one-year deal. I mean, he very well could still be back, Mel. He could still be back. You know, I don't think he had all that impressive of a year to, to garner big money. I would move on because I, I just don't think he's a scheme fit. I don't think he's really a Dan Quinn guy. You know, we his days were numbered the minute Dan Quinn was hired. Him and Jalen Smith. I just didn't think Jalen Smith would be cut in the middle of the year. Adrian says, Cowboys told DeMarco to, to go, but folded to Zeke. Dak's contract was late. The thought process of locking up a young talent was sound, but totally the wrong player in Jalen. Yeah, you you just wait one more year on Jalen. Just wait one more year when you're, you're running. Two years, honestly. There's no way I'm ever, ever extending my running back two years prior to his contract being up. That, that's blasphemy. A lot can happen in two years with your running back. Hence, look what's happening. CJ said, will Dan Quinn try to work with Curse and keep him? Yeah, I think that's who will attack next, possibly tomorrow, um, is, is J-Ron. I wanted to kind of stick with the 2018 draft class, so we'll see. Uh, because, again, I'll bring up the statistic, but we just don't sign a ton of our free agents uh, on multi-year deals. Right? And right now, there's zero so far. And I think I, have a, I might have a typo in one of these years. But nonetheless, the only year that the Cowboys have signed more than two players on a multi-year extension uh, from their draft classes since 2010 is 2016. It's 2016. So I kind of want to see, is there a player that the Cowboys will bring back on a multi-year deal in that class? So far... I might see one name and it's not the name. A lot of people may want to want to hear, but it it might be a Dorrance Armstrong. Honestly, I think Dalton Schultz will price himself out. Uh, I I mean, I don't think LV fits. I don't see Connor Williams coming back. Three other of those picks aren't even on the team anymore. Said Wilson's another sneaky one too, but Maybe we'll dive into a little bit more of that 2018 draft class tomorrow. <laughs> Tom is on a roll. We should bring back Bobby Carpenter. Totally barred. You know what's funny about LVE? He was better than Bobby Carpenter here in Dallas. A lot of people get him a you know, white linebacker, drafting in the first round, a bust for the most part. I get the comparison to Barbie as they called him. But I think he was better than Bobby Carpenter during his time here. If y'all remember, though, when Bobby left, Tony threw that pick six to him in in Detroit. It was just these type of things just happened to the Dallas Cowboys, right? It it just happened to the Dallas Cowboys. Brando said, I've been a savage since yesterday. (laughs) I'm talking about, man. We just keep it real. That's all. We just keeping it real. Oh, wow. So, CJ, you share a birthday with LVE. We're not crapping on him, Stevie. Hey, listen, dog. LVE, you had your most productive year of your career post-2018, your rookie season. However, you may just have to carry on your, your career with another team. That's all. So, real quick, 
so I can get a kind of a gist of how we're feeling here. Yes or no. Do you re-sign Leighton Vander Esch back here in Dallas uh, with the Dallas Cowboys? Yes or no? I need to see it to get a better feel of those who are watching the show today uh, of LVE. Yes or no? Bring back one Leighton Vander Esch. Because I think it's more mixed than, than, well, from the comments I was seeing, than I may have thought. And mind you, here are my... Catboy free agents, and then the one I really, really want, which is probably too much, is Foyer Oluwakwan. Uh, no, yes, no. Sully says Savage hanging up on people. Ain't nobody even been calling. What you talking about, Sully? You want calling? Come on in, brother. Talking about. Um, are you asking realistically or fan wise? Realistically, I mean. Uh, you know what? That is two point. That is two, two different questions. I'm actually asking for the fans. Do you want to bring back LVE on a, on a one year, not one year deal, just period? Uh, no, yes, no. Stevie Mac, nah. Ruben, no. Peter, Peter, no. Nisi, yes for the body. Nah, but I'm okay if they do. I'm kind of there, Ian. Uh, no, doesn't fit the scheme. Yes, cap friendly. Yes, Mel Hayes. No, D Block. I mean, this is a lot more mixed than I thought, to be honest with you. I, I I thought that you guys would be all out on LVE. I'm kind of feeling like Ian. I'm out, but if they bring him back, I totally get it. Because if you look, if you go look at the landscape of the linebacker rooms and free agency, it's for especially for what Dan Quinn wants, just not a lot. Just not a lot there. Um, honestly, these are some of your best bets. And Jermaine Carter. But Neville Hewitt, Quan Alexander, Alua Quan, I think are your three best bets. Other than that, you're talking about guys that don't really fit under Dan Quinn. You're talking about older guys. You're talking about guys that barely played, special teams dudes. It's going to be real hard to find a guy, a veteran guy, to come in here and A, start, that fits under Dan Quinn and Stephen Jones' cap number. Uh, what will what will LVE demand on the open market, says Mel. Stevie, do they have a uh, market value next to Leighton Van Der Esch? Let me go check it out. Give me a second, y'all. Hold up. I don't remember seeing one, but let's see. I don't know what his market value would be. Yeah, they don't have one. I mean, Spot Rack doesn't have a market value set uh, to him. So that that, I don't know. I have no clue what he would garner. But I do know that that Stephen Jones has a, a cap figure. It's about five million tops, I think. Um, so do you, are you cool with signing him back to five million dollars a year? And if it goes above that, uh I think he's out. I'd rather have Quan Alexander, honestly. <laughs> Tom said. He heard Steven has Rowdy on a one-year cheap prove-it deal. Well, then let's let Rowdy become a free agent because there's this, another conspiracy theory out there with, with curses, right? We haven't won anything since Rowdy has become a, a mascot. Mo doesn't like him. He says he puts his head down. Uh, what did you say? The guy puts his head down and works. Oh, and it works. Bring him back. Oh, I guess you do like him. 
<laughs> Ruben said no market value means he ain't worth it. Nah, I think <laughs> I don't know why Spot Rack does that. I wish they just listed market value for everybody. I think that'd be real cool. Uh, but they only have Dalton Schultz, Michael Gallup, Randy Gregory, and Con- Connor Williams and Cedric Wilson. So almost all of the 2018 draft class. They have the market value for, but they don't have it uh, for Leighton for whatever reason. So this looks like a mixed bag. Some of you guys want to bring them back. Some of you are saying no. Yesterday, I hung up on somebody. Who the hell did I hang up on? I didn't hang up on that dude. That guy hung up on himself. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'll let you know if I hang up on somebody. Again, if you want to call in, you got something to say. The line is open, bro. 351-999-3787. Other than that, we're going to head on up out of here in a quick second. Let's finish through some of these comments. Uh, Devin Lloyd, Nicobe Dean, Troy Anderson will be here anyway, says Stevie Mack. And Troy Anderson was one of the guys, was one of the guys from um, Foots the King. That when he was here and he was talking about some of his senior bowl guys, and uh, we'll have Foots back on. I think tomorrow I got to actually reach back out to him and see if he wants to come back on and talk about our risers, I guess fallers from senior bowl. Just know Cowboys are going to draft at least one or two of those guys. They're going to draft one or two of those guys. So stay tuned for that. But Devin Lloyd, Nicobe Dean, or Troy Anderson, I would love either, any of those dudes. Any of them. Big Nicobe Dean guy. Troy Anderson, to me, is super intriguing because he only has one year at the position, but he's stupid athletic. Played quarterback, played running back, receiver, played every damn thing, and was, was all big sky as a, uh, a linebacker in one year. So, you know, he's not Micah Parsons, but if you look at Micah Parsons, played running back, played defensive end, Got to Penn State and was all world linebacker after what a year, year and a half of playing the position. Let's also let's also remember Dan Quinn can coach him up. Right? Dan Quinn can coach him up. So if you get somebody in here with with good traits, um, high football IQ. And and if you play next to Mike, I think that makes you better as well. I don't think it's a coincidence that that LVE had maybe his best years, not maybe, his best year uh, since his rookie season playing next to Michael Parsons. So I'm not asking for any of the, these Lloyds, these uh, Kobe Deans, Troy Anderson, whomever else, to come in here and be a perfect or finished product. That's not going to happen. They're going to come in here with flaws, every single last one of these prospects. And this is why I don't like to overdo it because what happens is you end up overanalyzing all these prospects. And next thing you know, we're talking about how awful certain parts of their game is and we forget that these are just 19 20 21 year old kids 22 year old kids that have to come in here and develop you're not drafting these guys for what they are now you're drafting them for what they can be um so they're all going to come in here flawed but you put them under you put them next to michael you put them under dan quinn i like my odds i like my odds uh last one here bobby brandon boy says what's up with bobby wagner he could be a cap casualty. That's all I know. Uh, he's got a huge cap uh, number next year. Depends what Seattle does, right? You got to follow the Russell Wilson stuff, follow the Pete Carroll. I don't think Pete's going to be fired. Uh, but if they decide to start retooling there, 
Bobby Wagner could be a cap casualty. Um, I'm not even going to pretend like he'd be an option here. So I'm not even going to waste my time. But um, he still was very good last year. It's just it's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you money. No, CT Madden, he does not, and he is not allowed to. I don't I don't want to get uh, into the details in here. Just know that uh, True Colors came out with, with the gentleman, CT Madden, and uh, that, that type of person is not allowed on, on this channel, at least. And if I see it, you know, you're gone. And his True Colors came out. I'm not with none of that, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> with that said, let's go ahead and get up out of here. And tomorrow we will return back with some of these free agents. Probably the 2018 draft class may surprise you. Maybe we'll go J-Ron Curse. Um, but, but I do want to get some type of senior bowl action in tomorrow with Foots. So we'll, we'll, get, we'll reach out to Foots and see what happens. All right? Reach out to Foots and see if we can get some more talk about this draft as we continue to move forward and get ready for this dang on Super Bowl on Sunday. With that said, y'all, appreciate you being here, man. Appreciate you coming through. Really do appreciate the support. All of the donations, the chat. Make sure y'all hit that subscribe button. Make sure y'all like. And most importantly, share this thing. Tune in later on tonight. Mauricio Rodriguez will be in the building. A to Z Sports Primetime. Check out A to Z Sports Dallas.com. We out of here. Peace. Salute to CD CD Mac. Stevie Mac the Mog. I want me some glory hope.